This episode of Dear Hank and John is brought to you by Blue Land. Did you know that uh, about 5 billion, billion? That's a de- I checked that because that's a lot. Plastic hand soap and cleaning bottles are thrown away every year. And if that's not bad enough, most cleaning formulas are 90% water, which is heavy. We're shipping around all this water using fuel when we don't have to. Every year, Americans throw away 25% more trash from Thanksgiving to New Year. This year, maybe turn the New Year's resolution into action that makes a difference by switching to Blue Land. Blue Land is on a mission to eliminate single-use plastic by reinventing cleaning essentials to be better for you and the planet with the same powerful clean you're used to. It's a simple idea. They have refillable cleaning products. They have a nice design. I have them in my home. It looks nice on your counter. You fill the reusable bottles with water, drop in the Blue Land tablets, wait for them to dissolve, and you never have to grab bulky, heavy cleaning supplies on your grocery run ever again. And refills, because they're small and you don't have to ship a bunch of water across the country, starts at just $2.25. You can even set up a subscription or buy in bulk for additional savings. From cleaning sprays to hand soap, toilet bowl cleaner, and laundry tablets, Laundry tablets, everybody, you know what I mean. All Blue Land products are made with clean ingredients that you can feel good about. Blue Land is trusted in over a million homes, including, yeah, mine. Blue Land has a special offer for listeners right now. You can get 15% off your first order by going to blueland.com slash dearhank. You won't want to miss it. Blueland.com slash dearhank for 15% off. Again, blueland.com slash dearhank to get 15% off. Welcome to Dear Hank and John. Or as I prefer to think of it, Dear John and Hank. It's a podcast where two brothers answer your questions, give you DB's advice, and wonder whether the butt crack exists. That was and last And then they week. give you all the week's news from both bars at AFC Wimbledon. John. Yeah. John, I have a question. Yep. Did you know why uh, when geese make V's in the sky, there's sometimes uh, like one of the sides is longer than the other side? Uh, for aerodynamic reasons? No, it's because there's more geese on one side of the, uh, than the other side. Is this like uh, absurdist humor, or is this like yeah, waiting for Godot stuff? Side. It's longer because there's more geese. Yeah, so this that's just like a pure waiting for Godot joke where there's no no punchline. It's because the, there's more geese. Is there something I'm not getting? There's no, no, there's not something you're no. You've got it. You're all the way there. Okay. Well, congratulations on reinventing the Ionesco play. It's fun. <laughs> I never really got that stuff in English class, and I continue to not really get it now. <laughs> Why is one of the sides of the V longer? Because there's more geese. Oh, John, do you want Why doesn't Godot ever show up? Well, because he's God. I mean, ish. First off, we don't have to get uh-huh. into a theological argument right at the top of the podcast. <laughs> Godot, I mean, I don't want to oh make, make too big of a thing about it. Yeah. it's but our big Godot may not show up because Godot may not exist at all. Is it our biggest disagreement, the theistic stuff? Uh-huh. And by the way, I'm not totally sure we have a disagreement. I was just reading a great piece about an atheist chaplain, a humanist chaplain, mm-hmm. uh, who served an, an atheist uh, death row inmate. And I okay. was... Uh, I was fascinated by it because at the end of it, I was like, am I an atheist chaplain? (laughs) (laughs) Um, But, uh, but I do, I do, I do believe in God, however, tentatively and, and, and with a, with a, with a definition of God that doesn't totally line up with a lot of people's. Do you think that's our biggest disagreement or do we have a bigger disagreement, a more fundamental disagreement Mm -hmm. somewhere along the line? Because people ask us about this a lot. Like how come you guys don't fight or whatever? And yeah, I mean, we do fight, but never about anything important, really. Yeah, no, we fight about we fight about like the things that married couples fight about, you know, right. Where it's like, like, oh, like, are we going to put resources toward this or this? Like, we what's fight more a lot about the like, dishes or the laundry. Yeah. And like we fight. We have a lot of fights that are some version of who took out the trash or will you take out the trash? No, I took yeah. out the trash. Why last haven't time. you took out the trash? I took out the trash last time. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's the main <laughs> John and Hank fights. Yeah. Uh, but but uh, but like, yeah, I mean, on philosophical stuff. I don't know. We're pretty in the similar place. Yeah. I like and like whether or not souls exist doesn't really come into it most of the time. 
doesn't. It does. It's, like it's, it's, like it still seems really important to to prevent people from suffering, whether or not a piece of them is immortal. Oh yeah, I mean, almost equally important, regardless. Uh, yeah. Especially according to my faith tradition, uh, which is which is pretty focused on what's happening here, and not yeah. too focused on what's happening after. I think after. You know, this is something I think about a lot. Um, I always say to Hank, like, I don't want to do that because then I might go to hell. And Hank's like, but hell doesn't exist. And I'm like, I know. That's not I'm what aware. I mean. I know. <laughs> I mean, like, I would go to hell if hell existed and were exactly like what I think it would be like if, you know, like. Yeah. And I don't think hell would be eternal flames either. I just think it would be sort of like, I, I, not to sound cheesy about it, but I think it would be like distance from the divine, you know, which is like kind of what you're creating yourself when you act in a way that's commensurate with Ooh, what would send you to hell. Interesting. Interesting. I, there is something there that, that does align with me where there's like, there is like a sacred that is, you know, made up by me. And like the things that you get you closer to the sacred things are are good things. And, and I can see things that are appealing that I like that get me further away from it. And, yeah. I, and like that's that's something to be aware of. Yeah. Yeah. In your case, it actually just has it's just one thing. Twitter. <laughs> no, it's more than Twitter. But Twitter and all the other things like Twitter have the same root. Of, That's true. Of, but you're uh, not. You're, I want the. I want to be abused by strangers, uh, mm. and also to abuse them. Yeah, and that's part uh, of it. But you and, have another to thing. get attention and right. to I, feel feelings. I want a lot of attention. I want a lot of attention and really intense sensations, regardless of whether they're pleasurable or productive. I just want them. I want them now. Yeah. Um, and I, I had that always. I want to just say that this is a thing that I that that is, does not always happen to me, but it sometimes does. And no, for me, it's yeah. mostly when I'm down. Like I've been sick yeah. uh, the last few days, and I've I've spent almost the entire last two days in bed, and just like sleeping all the time. And so then I'm already down. And then I searched my name on Tumblr. And why did I search my name? <laughs> oh boy, Tumblr. why did Ooh, I? Boy, what what caused me to do that? Right, like. Now, I have made it clear before that I search my tags. So, like, mm-hmm. it's not total, but I, you know, like, I don't have to. I didn't have to do that. And then I, I did to. it. And then I liked some of what I learned and I didn't like other things that I learned, but I felt yeah. things. I felt, I had you feelings. Felt I had a bunch big, of things. I had yeah. big feelings and it kind of was replacing some kind of emptiness inside of me. So, there's that part of it. There's that that I think separates me from the sacred. And I think, um, is the kind of thing I would do more of if I wanted to go to hell if hell existed. Then there's um, then there's this thing that you don't really have, but I have big time, okay. which is that I am seduced by the things of the world. What does that mean? Like objects? Like fancy wine? Oh, yeah. I'm seduced by things of the world. No, you're Just not. Just different ones than you. No, I can't name a single thing of the world you're seduced by. Every single time we go somewhere mm. fancy, you're like, I don't know. I mean, I guess the bed's <laughs> a little nicer, but it doesn't matter to me. I Just put me in a Motel 6. It's all the same to old Hanky. That's not... No, I like it. I, there, are, there are things I like. I like what do you like? Uh, I like... Uh, <laughs> I like to... I like private workout classes. Oh, where I God. just have like one person and me and Catherine instead of like the thing. <laughs> I know I said as I was saying, wow. I was like, this, John's not gonna think this one counts. Oh my god! But gosh. I do. I I think it's hold a on. I got like hey t- hey. Hold on, Hank. I'm sorry. The devil is on the other line. Um, <laughs> just got to answer it. Hey hey, bud. I know you have tempted <laughs> him with the private workout classes. Wow, what a Faustian bargain you've laid before his no. feet. I like very. I like a nice dinner. I like expensive food at, prepared by experts. I like. I like a fancy hotel. I do. I do. I mean, I, I've like, been to a lot of fancy hotels with you, and you are not nearly as sick as I am in the fancy hotel business. I have an illness. No, you. Yes. Well, here's the situation. What I really like is to plan a dope trip for the fam. Like, uh, like, like our trip to Jamaica or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Like yeah, I'm planning like a, a trip to Denver and Colorado Springs uh, right now, and uh, and I'm just like, it's gonna be so fun, and we're gonna do all this stuff, and here are all the places we're gonna go, and all the things we're gonna do. And but you're right, when I'm like, now I'm thinking about the things that we're gonna do and the places we're gonna go, it's like 
pretty normal stuff, but right. still. Yeah. But like we're gonna, we're gonna stay in like nice hotels. Yeah, but you're not gonna get like a private tour of the Colorado Rockies baseball stadium. Uh can I? I mean, that's the <laughs> kind of thing that I would that's the kind of thing that I would seek out because I'm a bad person. Uh, I'm deeply right. bad. I'm seduced by the things of the world in a in a mm. big way. You know what I did try to do? Hmm. Uh, so maybe this counts as I tried to get a tour of the, of the, uh, I don't know what the organization that runs it, but it's a government lab. That's the ice core lab. So it has like all of the America's ice cores. Yeah. And I tried, I tried, and it's like negative 40 inside and you have to wear a special code and they do like very few tours, but I failed. I failed to get in even with all of my credibility and sway. Well, that just goes to show you, Hank, that seeking the things of the world is always trouble. It's, it's like I was, I was reminded of this when I stayed at the Plaza Hotel's Gatsby Suite, um, not to make it about me, but I stayed at this, uh, I stayed at the Plaza <laughs> Hotel and I requested the Great Gatsby Suite, which is just like all these props from the movie, the Baz Luhrmann movie, but it's like real overstuffed in there. It's not actually that big of a <laughs> I mess I'm saying this. I hate myself. It's not actually that big of a room. Um, the Gatsby Suite at the Plaza Hotel in New York City, and yeah. um, and the TV's a little <laughs> little far away from the bed for my for my tastes. I've got uh, anyway. That wasn't the issue. The issue was that I I stayed at the fanciest hotel that I could imagine in the fanciest room that I could imagine, and there was this huge chandelier. I've written about this before in the Anthropocene Reviewed, but there was this huge chandelier. And because of the air conditioning, the air conditioning blew through the chandelier. And so it tinkled all night. It was just like, tinkle, 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 tinkle. And finally, at like one o'clock in the morning, I called down and I was like, guys, this is the worst. I'm so sorry. I, (laughs) I can barely even imagine that these words are coming out of my mouth, but is there any way that I could be moved from the Gatsby suite to a regular room here at the plaza? (laughs) (laughs) And they accommodated my request um, and no more tinkle tinkle. Oh man, I'd be up there with duct tape and cardboard trying to (laughs) close up the vent somehow. That's how seduced I am by the things of the world. I'm so seduced by the things of the world that I get the things that are so fancy that they're unpleasant. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sometimes... Things that are more expensive are worse. Often. Yeah. Yeah. But sometimes they are. Yeah. Have you ever seen Kanye West's sink? Looks awful. Looks like a total, (sighs) total, total unpleasant, like all the time. Just water everywhere. I'm so, here's what I'll say. I know we should answer questions from our listeners, but on the topic of like over fancy sinks, I think this is such a rich discussion vein because (laughs) I used to have an over fancy, at my old house, I had an over fancy bathtub, you know? Yeah. It was like too much. It was too much Uh bathtub for me, for what I need in a bathtub, which is to like recreate the experience of when I was 11 years old and we lived in Orlando, Florida, how that bathtub felt. So I do need a bathtub Mm -hmm. that's bigger than that bathtub because I'm bigger than I was when I was 11. What I don't need is like a bathtub that's a small swimming pool, right? Right. And so when when we were having this house redone, I was like, listen, I know exactly what I want in terms of a bathtub. Like, I can tell you the measurements because I've done the measurements of, like, my relationship between my 11-year-old self in that bathtub <laughs> yeah. and my You're current self boy. in the bathtub that I'm looking and for. And, yeah, uh-huh. you've, you've done a lot of baths to do the experiments. So many. And they were like, uh-huh. that's too small of a bathtub. It won't even, you- like, it won't even look right in the room. And I was like, <laughs> I'm not trying to make it look right in the room. I'm trying to be a little boy again. I just, I just want to have a bath that feels the right size. <laughs> and I do. I get to have that every day. And I'm so grateful that I do. So sometimes you're right. It's not about the fanciest thing. It's about the thing that makes you feel like you're 11 again. Yeah, for Which sure. Which for me, come to think of it, is watching soccer and taking baths, which are the two greatest joys of my life outside of my family. <laughs> okay. Uh, now that we've com- entirely alienated ourselves from everyone. Oh, there's like six like people to- who are listening who are like nodding along like, yeah, I get that. I get that. <laughs> Sometimes you don't need the biggest possible bathtub. Yeah. Maybe well, Kanye's listening and he's bathtub- having a blinding light spiritual awakening, in which case Kanye. We got a lot of work to do. You've got you've got some <laughs> you got a ton of work to do, my friend. You've you've got some both internal and external jobs ahead of you, and I wish yeah. you the best. I think you need to do that work. 
My bathtub is too small. I it will is, say that. It is way too small. I cannot get, I cannot, I can barely straighten my legs in it. And I don't mean like lying down. I mean sitting up. <laughs> no, your bathtub is both not deep enough and too short. Yeah, no. It's, it's sort it's, of yeah. like a deepened shower, it's, like a shower it's, You know, pit. it's for a child. It's, to, it's so that the child can take baths. And it does that job well. And I'm not really a bath guy anyway. So that's yeah. your job. You're the bath one. All right. This is one of our deepest disagreements, John. uh, Come to think of it, we have settled on one because I think, I mean, I'll still take a shower. I understand they get you cleaner, but in terms of relaxation and rejuvenation and feeling reborn into the world, baths, man, baths literally recreate the experience of baptism. I mean, do you want to know what gets me rejuvenated and re-experiencing the world is like just being in the world? Oh, like going outside? well, and or just like working, just hey, like talking to a per like being alone does not and, and like silent does not do it for me. I need oh, to be active. Our, I need to be doing something. That's our biggest disagreement. I don't mind being active, yeah. but I want to be alone. Yeah, it doesn't matter if I'm alone or not. Mm, I love alone. Yeah. Like if I'm really tired, I cannot get less tired. I can sleep. That will do it. But I cannot get less tired by like, quote unquote, relaxing. Mm, interesting. Well, that explains why you've been so relentless since we were born. <laughs> oh, what a thing. All right, let's answer some questions from our listeners. Yeah. This first one comes from Lucas, who asks, Dear Hank and John, but mostly Hank, I'm writing this question as I'm trying to listen to one of your podcasts, but my headphones are almost out of battery. It, se- it feels like battery lives should be longer. Like, if if we could condense a terabyte of storage onto a chip, why can't we have phones with, like, a month-long battery life? Insufficiently energized, Lucas. Lucas, well, I have terrible Lucas- news for you. <laughs> Lucas, I think the main answer to your question is actually, I want to throw it back at you. How incredible is it that we have batteries? Right? Any battery. Like, like you can take power with you? What? And put it right in your ear and it'll stick there. You just carry power and you put it in your ears and it's like, okay, um, I have enough power to play you, dear Hank and John, for 14 hours, and you're like, "Oh, I needed 16, actually." <laughs> mine, mine do not last that long, but uh, I don't know. I've never. I, do I, have... I use. I still use plug-in headphones. <laughs> <laughs> I'm scared of batteries, man. No, I don't I understand super, that technology I got super at nice all. Super nice headphones that were sent to me by Olivia Rodrigo. You know, Olivia oh. Rodrigo sent us the nicest care package. It made Alice cry. It had signed sheet music. It had what? Olivia O's her standard. Um, her standard yeah, yeah. Uh, personal cereal. It had uh-huh. uh, all kinds of vinyl, all kinds of signed stuff. Whoa. It was so generous. Tote bags. It was so cool. And I so deeply appreciated it. But what it didn't have were the fancy AirPods that you got. <laughs> They're really nice. I like them very much. I like um, that we're, after, after comparing <laughs> our seduction to the things of the world, we just compared our Olivia Rodrigo care packages. We are the worst. <laughs> we are the worst. This is this is it. We've, we're ending our careers. I mean, look, <laughs> I hate us. I don't want to listen kinda, to this episode. Oh no! And I'm me. Look, Hank, I, I was very like Olivia Rodrigo's care package arrived at my home, and I was like, "What's happening? Did they get the spreadsheets mixed up at the care package factory?" Like, set like maybe Oreos could send me something. Like, send me so, like the uh, the the Heinz beans people, Metamucil, absolutely hit me up with your care packages. I'm a 43 year old science guy. Why is Olivia Rodrigo sending me a care package? I mean, maybe she knows that she writes bangers and yeah. those bangers no, cross, I a, like, cross all yeah. demographic boundaries. Absolutely. Absolutely. What is the science of Olivia Rodrigo? Unexplainable. I mean, yeah. It's 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 a it's the rare artist that Alice and I can listen to together without any uh difference in how enthusiastic we are. The other, of no. course, T Swift. But outside of that, there's always going to be a little bit dad's more enthusiastic about this than Alice or Alice is more enthusiastic about this than dad. So, John, do you know why you can't have a phone that has a month long battery life? I I have no idea. None. So it's going to sound like a conspiracy at first, but I'm going to explain it. The reason is, is that they don't want you to have that. Um, But 
that that's not just that they don't want you to have it. It's that they want to do certain things and uh, and having a month long battery life isn't on the list, both because you don't want it. You really want 24 hours or a day long, 18 hours of battery life. That's what you want. And so they'll give you more than that because as the battery dies, it'll last longer than that. They also kind of don't want you to have that because eventually they want your battery to die so that you get a new phone. Um, So if you have like a two-day long battery life, they're optimizing for something that you don't want to start with, but that will decrease the number of phones that you buy. Uh, But what they're doing is the batteries are getting better. They're, They're like... They're not getting better as fast as chips get better. Like chips can hold more stuff, like can double the amount of stuff that they do or can hold every like 18 months. Whereas the battery life of like a volume to amount of, you know, energy uh, is like a four year cycle of doubling, which is still fast. Yeah. Um, But that means that you could have a phone that had at this point, maybe eight like days of battery life. But in the meantime, we make the battery smaller so that the phone weighs less so that the phone is smaller. And then we pack in more stuff so the phone phone can do more things. We pack in more lenses. We pack in more, you know, abilities and chips and whatever else is inside of phones. So the ba- the battery takes up less space so that the phone can be smaller. Uh, and, and they are optimizing for a specific amount of battery life, not for the most battery life possible. All right, but why can't they make headphones that have enough battery life to get you through a whole day of listening? Because it I would mean, be too big and bulky? Yeah, I mean, these wireless headphones weren't really possible 10 years ago right? Uh, because the batteries weren't small enough. So they, right. the batteries have only recently gotten small enough. Okay. Um, and then also, you know, if you've, had your ba- if you've had your headphones and have done like charge recharge cycles every day for like a year or so, they're going to have less life than they used to. I have my AirPods. I finally are at the point where they only have like two hours of battery life, which is, I think, one of the greatest achievements of my life, that I used a pair of wireless headphones for long enough that I have to replace them because of battery, not because I lost them. That is good. Like, how how did I... I will I will say I lost one of them, but... <laughs> but the other one. <laughs> even But the other one I still have. That's great. And it is, at this point, I cannot use those ones. So uh, thank you to Olivia Rodrigo for sending me these ones. Very which nice. Which I'm currently there in my ear right now. Um, and uh, yeah, but like, I think that they're they're getting better and they will continue to get better. But like, we are, we only recently arrived in the world where the, these kinds of headphones were even possible. And now right. like, they're possible for cheap. It's amazing. Yeah. Yeah, which reminds me actually that today's podcast is brought to you by who's that uh, AirPod maker who advertises on all the YouTube channels? (laughs) That one. (laughs) I don't know. That one company that advertises on all the YouTube channels with advertisements so effective that I can't remember their name. Is it like Boron? Blown? Frickin' Ray-Ban? Ray-Ban? Raycons. 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 Wow. We got there. It's brought to you by Raycon, an actual brand that makes actual products that are inexpensive wireless headphones. Should we do a uh, should we do a wireless headphone subscription service, Hank? Is that crazy? That's crazy. That's yeah, a bad idea. No, I definitely don't want to get in that business. I did have a business idea earlier today that I that I would love to share with you, John. Pitch it to me right now. So we all know there are things in life that you have to compromise on, but there are two things that you shouldn't compromise on. One is name brand Dr. Pepper. The off-brand stuff just doesn't hit the same. And another is, of course, your health. So don't go back to that one doctor who uses your appointment to catch up on the latest headlines or their family group chat or the crossword puzzles just because they're available right now or take your slightly sketchy insurance. Instead, check out ZocDoc, the place where you can find and book doctors who will make you feel comfortable, listen to you, and prioritize your health. And you can search by location, availability, and insurance. So literally, no compromises here because with ZocDoc, you've got more options than you know. ZocDoc is a free app and website where you can search and compare highly rated in-network doctors near you 
and instantly book appointments with them online. You can filter specifically for ones who take your insurance, are located near you, and treat basically any condition you're searching for. And the typical wait time to see a doctor booked on ZocDoc is between 24 and 72 hours. So go to ZocDoc.com slash DearHank and download the ZocDoc app for free. Then find and book a top-rated doctor today. That's Z-O-C-D-O-C dot com slash DearHank. ZocDoc.com slash DearHank. Sometimes I like to imagine the world after us, the strange mammals that will emerge, the abundance of biodiverse plant life taking over our fields and factories and so on. I don't think this world will be better. I maintain that we are the most interesting thing to happen on Earth, and there is real beauty and meaning in our curiosity and compassion, even as we also cause and witness so much suffering. But at any rate, there will be a world after us, after each of us. And that's why there's life insurance. It exists to provide a financial safety net to those who love and count on you. Policy Genius's technology makes it easy to compare life insurance quotes from America's top insurers in just a few clicks to find your lowest price. With Policy Genius, you can find life insurance policies that start at just $292 per year for $1 million of coverage. Some options offer same-day approval and avoid unnecessary medical exams. So save time and money and provide your family with a financial safety net using Policy Genius. Head to policygenius.com or click the link in the description to get your free life insurance quotes and see how much you could save. That's policygenius.com. Policy Genius, because there will be a world without us. This podcast is brought to you by my new business idea. If you go to a gallery in your town, the art will be too expensive, probably, because the, the business model of galleries requires that they only have very expensive art. Yeah, they get 50% uh, of the price of the painting, usually. Yeah, and, and to pay their rent and the staff and such, they, they, ha they can't like be selling stuff for 200 bucks. That's uh, right. And... But there are lots of artists who uh, make great art, but don't make the kind of art that you can sell for $2,000. Right, because it might be very reproducible, for instance. Like one of my favorite groups of artists is the Gorilla Girls. And they don't usually make like artworks that cost $50,000. They're mostly a, a group of people who are critical of museum and gallery collections and the way that mm -hmm. artists are compensated and the relationship between capitalism and um and the art world. And so most of their stuff is posters that are downloadable right. or printable, or mm -hmm. you can buy them for 50 bucks. Right. I And I think that Etsy has abandoned this market to some extent. It has become a like a, an eBay of lots of, you know, drop shipped stuff from China or really easily uh, sort of, uh, you know, sort of customizable products that are, you know, not art, uh, they're, they're products. Which is fine, um, I, and and so like I think that there is a space for a a gallery, internet thing that can that has things for sale from artists that are where you live, so mm. you sort of launch it in in localities and you get people to like list their stuff, and it's good art that you can have on your wall in that time when you're moving from your poster phase to your art phase, and you can have art that you can afford. And those artists who aren't, who are, there's lots of amazing artists who aren't in their, like, who just, their business model doesn't fit the gallery business model. And so, like, most of those people sell by being in and among the art scene in their towns. But art scenes are only so big, and a lot of people are not aware of them. So, it's just a place where you can go and shop for cool art that is local to you. And then you don't have to get it shipped necessarily. You can go pick it up from the artist or from a centralized location or something like that. Um, and there are other like ways that this is solved. Like coffee shops oftentimes have art right. for sale that is like not gallery cost. Uh, right. But I, but I, li I like this because I think that there's a lot of artists who need ways to sell their work. And there are a lot of people who would buy less expensive art. Yes. I think there are a lot of people with bare walls right now whose lives would be enriched by having art and who either don't know how to get that art or think that like there is no art available for that like $25 to $100 price range. 
And mm-hmm. it's true that it's re- so okay. I'm going to poke a couple holes in this business idea, and then I'm going to pitch you an alternate business idea. Okay. Okay. Big hole that I'm going to poke in this business idea. One thing that is very expensive that it's hard to get around the expense of is framing. For sure. And so sure. the you're talking about if you're talking about it. I actually have a solution for this problem. But okay, go. if you're talking about. I mean, you can ask artists to create within. Yes, that's the solution. Okay, yeah, you can. That's and, and that's something I've seen people do is to ask artists to create within the confines of existing frame sizes, right? So yeah. eighteen by twenty-four, whatever, whatever. Yeah. Um, okay, so that solves that problem. I'm going to throw an idea back at you, Hank, because my big issue is that I think this takes a lot of hullabaloo to set up, and I think is <laughs> yeah, uh, tech- that is the bigger problem. <laughs> technologically complicated, and I can see how it might be vulnerable to abuse and all other kinds of things. I'm going to throw out. Like, yeah, you'd have to like curate. You'd have yeah. to like create. Like right. you'd have to get earn trust among artists. All kinds of tough stuff. And you may have to do some level of curation, which is hard. Yeah. And also, like, just the tech of it would be hard, I think. Yeah. Okay, what your idea, what I thought you were going to pitch, and an idea that I find really interesting, is an art of the month club where a curator uh, uh-huh. is hired, maybe for a one-year period, to find 12 reproducible artworks, limited edition prints um, Mm -hmm. that come to you framed and ready to go for, say, $175. Per per month? No, for the year. You get 12 pieces of art for $175? Yeah. I mean, maybe, that'd be great maybe, if you could hit if you could hit that price point. I but that maybe seems maybe very I'm, hard, maybe, especially for framed and shipped. Maybe my math's wrong. I don't think Your no. I, I don't. I don't think it's framed and shipped. I don't, I I, I okay. think it's not framed. But okay. I think it's then ready, that case you could hit that ready yeah. for framing, and I think and the, ready for an existing frame you can get at Michaels. That's nice. Ready um, for an existing frame you can get at Michaels, so that it's yeah, so that it fits. We say like, look, these are the these are the dimensions we're working with. Can you work with that? If they say no, we get it. Right. Yeah. But like I have an artwork. It's one of my favorite artworks. Um, it's by Robin O'Neill and it's a um, a gravestone and it says um, rest in peace 2020. And then underneath that, it says 2020 to 2020. <laughs> <laughs> and like because you can't I, really say 2019 to 2021, can you? It's no, just no, no. 2020, it's 2020, to 2020 to 2020. But what a year, yeah. you know, like 2020 cram- did not make it to 2021, but it did cram a lot into 2020. I mean, it really <laughs> filled that year. Yeah. And what I love about that is that like it's a way to support independent artists while also populating your walls. While also, mm-hmm. like, if you don't like the artwork one month, it's not a huge deal. Um, right. You can sell it on eBay or you can just, you know, throw it in the trash. Mm-hmm. But I like the idea right. of it being limited edition, like like a thousand, you know, a thousand members at any one time. Maybe it's maybe it's a little more. Maybe it's 25 bucks a month. So it starts to really make sense for the artist. So the artist can make like yeah, $10,000 yeah. um, from doing this. But like for a lot of artists, a $10,000 check is a huge check. Like most, most artists, you know, are not showing in galleries and selling their works for hundreds of thousands of dollars. So I just think it could be cool and interesting and you could have a big backstory to it about the selection process and could just enrich your relationship with art as well by like helping you to understand what contemporary art practice might look like in different countries or, um, you know, I just, I, I, I've never thought of that before, but I think that idea has potential. What do you think? I like that. I like that idea too. I think that that's a lot simpler. And I think, I think that it has, it has, you know, less potential for network effects, less potential for how, like, you know, sort of once the, if you can get it to a a big enough size, then it sort of takes care of itself and it becomes, you know, tech company E in that way where you don't have to think about it very much and, and it can grow with little overhead, but it, that's far more of an achievable idea. Um, yeah, I think I like my I, idea because it's achievable, and also because, as it happens, we have a business that already does this, but for coffee. Yeah, <laughs> yeah we, we definitely do. <laughs> One of my favorite things about the Awesome Socks Club is that it is a surprise. 
Whereas right. none, of the, none of our other things, like you don't want to get surprised by soap. Like you want to know what your soap is. Yeah, you don't want to get like. surprised get by the, coffee. Right. Yeah, but you don't want to be, yeah. But this some people, could be, I think that you could be surprised by coffee. It's just like, you have mm. to be, that some people want that coffee of the month thing where they're trying out different right, things right, all the time. Right. That's not right. what I want or what I want to do. Right. Um, but this could be a, a, like have an element of delight and also have an element of, of the curation where you get the art and then you can read something about it Yeah. to help. Uh, understand the artist and what they're going for and you know artists and that's like isn't that part of what's fun about having art on your wall anyway is being able to like look at it and like know that backstory or talk to people when they come over and be like oh I'm Mm -hmm. a member of this like you know, print of the month club. And like, these are the prints from the last 12 months. And then as, as at the end of the year, I actually like switch out my, my uh, posters and, or, you know, I, and, and put a new ones, whatever, whatever your way of doing it is. And you can like talk, I like this one because of this backstory and this artist is, um, you know, from Afghanistan. And like, this is how they uh, made this. They made it one way or at a time, whatever, whatever Mm -hmm. the story is. And I just think like that's, that to me is really, um, I'm looking for ways to like lower barriers to art entry in general. Like it's very frustrating yeah. to me to see like uh target is succeed in the art market in a way that no, nobody in the art market does just because like they sell things <laughs> at a reasonable price point. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I, I just, I, I don't know. I think that's a cool idea and I like that it's a little less complicated, even if it does less it, it it maybe accomplishes less locally in the communities where it's working right. but i think it could it mm-hmm. could still it could still be a big deal for the artists who are selected for sure yes um and gratefully we are not the people to choose the art but there are lots of people out there who are good at that yeah like i live with a person who would do that for our first year yeah um, I like this idea a lot and I want to know if Nerd Fighteria likes it. If you're listening to this <laughs> podcast and you like this idea. You somehow are still listening. Let us know on Twitter if we haven't completely put you off this episode. This next question, and possibly our last question, God, we've just crushed it today, comes from Huxley, who writes, Dear John and Hank, I'm almost four. Does Spider-Man have to brush his teeth? From Huxley. Yeah. I don't think so. Of course he does. No, I don't. Huxley, don't let him don't let him lie to you. That's like, you know what, Huxley? H- Hank's saying that because he has a little kid like you who he's <laughs> trying to scam into brushing his teeth every day. <laughs> no. I, why wouldn't why wouldn't Spider like maybe Wolverine wouldn't need to brush his teeth because he has like super healing. Yeah. Does Spider-Man have super healing? Spider-Man doesn't have super hearing, but I do think he has those like uh, spider bots that'll get on his teeth and just clean out the plaque. Little tiny. Apparently he does heal faster than normal when injured, but is not completely immune to viruses or other human ailments. If he's not immune to viruses, then he would still have an issue with plaque, I think. You want to brush your teeth. Yeah. Well, that's bacteria, but still. Yeah. But I I know. I just mean like if he can suffer from immune infections, which it seems like he can. Yeah, if you can be ill, then He could get gingivitis. Yeah. Yeah, he's got a spread. Like, and it's not just like even if 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 Wolverine's like, I can't get gingivitis. These bacteria can live and thrive in my mouth, but it will never actually hurt me. Yeah, like his girlfriend still cares, his family still cares. That's the true. People around him are still bothered. <laughs> yeah, I mean that's part of it, Huxley. But like the biggest thing is that you yourself, even though you don't like brushing your teeth, and I get that, man, like, I totally understand. I uh, also don't love brushing my teeth. I think you're making a lot of assumptions about Huxley. Maybe he's just curious about Spider-Man. No, no, no. I think I was able to drill down to Huxley's real concern. I think it lies deeper than Spider-Man. I might be wrong, Huxley, but I think that you might be asking about Spider-Man as a proxy for asking about yourself. And while I get it, what you'll come to understand in time, Huxley, is that if you just brush your teeth every day, or even twice a day, what you'll notice over time is that you start to like the feeling of having a really kind of clean mouth. So you'll get there, it's buddy. Great. You'll it's get great. there. You'll get there. You it's just got to keep a bit it up. Of a, it's a bit of a thing to do, but there we are doing it. Uh, I do have to say that Venom, Spider-Man's enemy, yeah. uh, definitely does not have to brush his teeth and probably doesn't even want to because he does want that smell to follow him around everywhere. Right. Um, but also is made of, I don't know, what is Venom made of? 
ferrofluids. Chemicals? Chemicals? (laughs) Maybe not even chemicals. I think you may be made of some other kind of matter that doesn't exist in our universe. That's a good point. That's a good point. So unless you want to be venom when you grow up, Huxley, go ahead and brush those teethers. That's right. John, can we ask this question about geese? Uh, Please. It's from Kaya, who asks, Dear Ang and John, a goose uh, with a nest near my house recently laid a bunch of eggs, and seven of them hatched. Seeing seven goslings made me wonder if animals can count to keep track of their young. Would they notice if one doesn't keep up with them? If so, does that mean that animals can do math? Baya, it's Kaya. This is off topic, but do you think that Ryan Gosling got his surname because back in the day his people raised geese? You know... There's got to be a reason. It's this. It's got to be something to do with geese. I guess it could have uh, something not. to do with with lings. It's not. It's just. Uh, it's just an English variant of of the of Jocelyn. Nah, it's dubious. It's dubious. I feel the same way. All right. Anyway, do can animals do math? I mean, I know yes, we're animals and we can do math, or at least the ones who aren't me can. But like, can other animals do math? Some animals can do math, uh, but w- depends on what you mean by math. Like, there's a definitely like animals can definitely do less and more. Like, they yeah. know when there's like more of something and less of something. Sure. Like insects can do that, which is wild. And sometimes scientists will say like that counts as math. Like, you can you you basically like you know something about quantities, and that's a you know a basic principle of mathematics. Um, but like, do they? What does no mean? Does anyone know anything? Am I just a story that I tell to myself? Yeah, I I can answer that one. <laughs> yeah, you're a you're a bacterial colony that's convinced itself it's an organism. It's incredible. <laughs> it's just a, a bunch of cells that are working together for some reason. Uh, but like, it, we're not sure specifically about geese, and there's like a weirdness to. To geese, where they seem to like geese, you know, we can't really say, but they seem to uh, mourn sometimes. They seem to be sad when like a partner goose dies. Uh, mm. They seem to be sad sometimes when when eggs, when like things go wrong with their eggs or with their babies. They seem to be sad, but also like they, they it's not entirely clear that they consider their children their own. Uh, oh, like there, interesting. there's kind of a crash behavior where sometimes you'll see like ducks with like 72 ducklings behind them. There's like mm. a, a documented case of a duck with 72 ducklings. Obviously, that's not their all their ducklings. And so there's like like they all sort of work together and they take care of their kids together. And uh, and so like they're and, and early on, like you you got to know that, you know, a minority of those ducklings are going to survive or goslings are going to survive. And so there's probably less weight. Now there's a lot, like they care. They definitely care. They're definitely trying. Um, but I, my feeling would be that it's more likely that they got like a vibe for uh, that. There, that there is now less than there once was, uh, or they can look and be like, that's the same amount rather than being like, they definitely can't say that's seven goslings. Right. And they do you think they can say like, oh no, we lost little Petey? You know, that's a more interesting. That's also an interesting question. Like, like what is the like d- d- is there an identity where it's like instead of counting, you just like, we've got, you know, we've they're got all this. here. Yeah. They're and I know here. they're all here, not because I can count them, but because there's Petey and there's Maya and there's right. Alfonso and yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's great, great work, John. I love that idea. I, that and we, I, like, I, I love I love how much we don't know about animals. I, Ed oh, Yong has so a great book much. about this, yeah. um, it, and, yeah, and the it. fact that like we're sharing a planet with an astonishing amount of life mm-hmm. that see, that experiences the world in such vast, differently ways than us. Yeah, yeah, and that we we it's hard enough to try to get inside the head of another human. Like imagine trying to get inside the head of a goose. Yeah, it's hard work. Yeah, I would love to know if geese get happy and sad, uh, but I don't know how to tell because I can't ask them how they're feeling. And it'd be weird to put them in an fMRI machine and then show them pictures of happy and sad things because I don't even know what would make a goose happy and sad. Yeah. Well, even that is not that uh, not that reliable on its own. So it would be very hard to know about. It's hard to know about animal emotions. It's not impossible. 
Um, we have some ways in, but it's hard to know. This this Ed Yong book is really good on that front. Y'all should read it. Oh, you know what else? Other book before we get to the news from Mars and AFC Wimbledon um, mm-hmm. for the seven people who are still listening. Uh, you know what book uh, just came out that I love so much is my friend Kava Akbar's book, Martyr. It's so good. It's his first novel. Right. It's incredible. It's um, The last book I recommended to you was Tomorrow and Tomorrow and Tomorrow. This book yeah. is just as good as Tomorrow and Tomorrow and Tomorrow, except instead of being about video games, it's about art and addiction and love and aging and mortality. It's so good. Oh my God. I'm excited. I, I have been having kind of a, a miss streak on books. I, I just assume that it's mostly my brain rather than the books, but I, I keep DNFing, which I don't like. Yeah. Yeah. I, brains. My, my brain also hasn't been finishing books lately, although this book was not a problem to finish. It's very page turny while still being just gorgeously written. Gorgeous. Cool. That's awesome. All right, Hank, it's That's time for the all-important news from Mars and AFC Wimbledon. Uh, there's a lot of news from AFC Wimbledon this week, so do you want to go first? I mean, I can. I don't know if you know this, but the people listening do. I Because uh, when, is it, when we recorded, it when was When we like, recorded, oh, the helicopter yay. was fine. Yeah, it was and back. Then three days later, the helicopter is dead forever. Yeah. I've recorded an update about the helicopter being dead forever, so that I have already delivered the news, because I couldn't let that episode go out without... Ah, uh, uh, okay. Yeah, with with the the incorrect news, but that's still the news. Uh, yeah, and it it seems like it it like it got back on its feet, but it seems like it tipped and one of the rotors hit the ground mm. and broke itself. Well, it is when we are sick and elderly that we are at our most vulnerable. Yeah, our carbon fiber parts are not indestructible. No. You're telling me you should see the my L2 vertebra. <laughs> I, I uh, I've gotten a lot of scans, and and one of one of the incidental findings is that I I also have a couple of spots that may turn into trouble, but aren't yet. Yep, good. In your yeah. in your uh, spinal column, you mean? Yeah, yeah. Great, great. I don't um, even know which one. We love an we love an incidental what, finding. They used words like L2. Yeah, they use words like L two. It's probably the same one. We're twin. We're we're going to be little disc twinsies. But yeah, hold off as long <laughs> as you can. It's not comfortable. Yeah. Uh, um. Well, I'm sorry about the helicopter, man. That's a real bummer. It did a it did a great job. It 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 outlasted its mission. Um. But nothing oh, yeah. lasts forever. And speaking of nothing lasting forever. Uh, oh no! I know our, this news too. Our great Iraqi striker uh, Ali Al Hamidi. The light of many Wimbledon fans' life uh, has left. He has left at the end of the January transfer window to join high-flying championship side Ipswich Town, favorites to be back in the Premier League next year. Um, really good football club. And, uh, you know, it's, 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 a, it's a deal that obviously makes sense for him because not only yeah. is he going to be playing in the second tier of English football because they're doing so well this year. If he plays well, they have a real chance. He has a real chance mm. of being a Premier League footballer next year. And he'll still only be 22 years old, which is pretty, pretty special, obviously. Um, so it's the right club for him. And I guess the deal makes sense from... AFC Wimbledon's perspective, because it is over a million uh, dollars and and it has the chance, depending on on the add-ons and how many appearances he makes and whatnot, uh, to be the biggest deal in the history of League Two. Um, so it's wow. hard to complain about what is potentially. I mean, that's like that makes the news even worse, though, because it means that like he was so much of the reason that we've been good. I know. I know. Um, like that's what that's what the, the the people with the money are saying. They're saying, yes. "Look at what he did for this team that isn't very good." Right. Exactly. So it's um it's a real hard pill to swallow. Um, but this is the reality that we're in as long as we're owned by our fans and we have this ten million dollar debt. So we have a ten million dollar debt that we basically owe mostly to ourselves, mostly to fans mm. who put money into to this bond, including me. And um, we have to pay it back over the next 20 years. And a lot of it is due in the next five years. And Mm. so we've just got to figure out ways to generate enough money that we have enough profit that we can pay down this debt. And obviously selling players is is the best, easiest way to do that. It's unbelievable that Ali Alhamidi was only a Wimbledon player for 12 months because he just left a huge imprint on this club and we will miss him so, so much. 
So that's been a tough pill to swallow. Um, in, in better news, we played Mansfield Town, which is third in the table right now. And we were off on the back of two losses and uh, they got an early red card. They're definitely outplayed us that whole game. Uh, we got a good goal from Omar Bugal, our um, our Lebanese uh, striker. It's a really good goal. Really happy with it. But then we gave up a stupid goal, poorly defended. Um, we're not working with our best defense right now. Joe Lewis seems a little injured. Short shorts, he's a little bit injured. Ryan mm-hmm. uh, Johnson has a long-term injury. It's just kind of a mess in the back. And you could tell that on this goal that we gave up. And then it looked like we were actually going to give up a penalty in the last minute of the game and potentially mm. lose I was really frustrated, but the referee didn't call the penalty, which, uh, <laughs> great call. Um, and uh, and then almost immediately, we went down the field and um, scored a goal in the last minute of the game with our brand new striker, Ronan Curtis from Ireland. And I Amazing. was like, I was like, oh, oh my God, are we going to be okay after all? Like, is everything going to be fine? Is Ronan Curtis just going to be the new Ali Alhamdi? Probably not, but maybe because <laughs> we won that game and like winning that game, that's a game that we 100% would have lost last season and yeah. winning it this season. I was like, oh my gosh, like this team, we're still good. Now we have a lot of injuries, a lot more injuries than we had in December. I have a lot less confidence that we're going to make it to the playoffs, but I'll say this, Hank, we are only nine points, three wins from our last 20 games away from making sure that we are not relegated. <laughs> and that is, <laughs> is awesome. So I try yeah. to take the positive. We're, we're, we're still playing well. We've still got a good team. Let's see if we can build on this and get somewhere by the end of the season. All right. Well, uh, I, I'm so glad to hear that there's also good news because... The Ali Hamdi news is brutal. I mean, it's just, oh, I love him so much. But like, you know, inevitable. Inevitable. Inevitable at our level. And until we get to a place where we don't have to sell players to make up this debt, you know, it's just the way that it is. Like, you know, we're in a position where... um, you know, we need novelist supporters to kick in a little bit of money here and there to keep keep other players. Uh-huh. There's uh-huh. <laughs> ain't nobody on <laughs> ain't nobody in AFC Wimbledon's Rolodex who's like, oh yeah, I'll pay a million and a half dollars for uh, to keep Ali Alhamdi at AFC Wimbledon. Not so <laughs> we got ways to go. Yeah. Well, Hank, thank you for potting with me. Thanks to everybody for your questions we didn't answer. We'll try to do better next week. We're at Hank and John yeah. at gmail.com. Yes. And if you like any of our ideas, let us know what you think about our ideas. Also, if you hate them. we don't have enough of those. Let us know if you hate them. Uh, That's important information as well. Definitely. Please poke holes. This podcast is edited by Joseph Tuna Medish. It's produced by Rosiana Hals Rojas. Our communications coordinator is Brooke Shotwell. Our editorial assistant is Debuki Chakravarti. The music you're hearing now and the beginning of the podcast is by the great Gunnarola. And as they say in our hometown, don't forget forget to be awesome. awesome.